Hello and welcome back to another video. Today, I'm going to run you through nine steps, nine things that you can do to build monk-like discipline and essentially enter monk mode. Let's get into the first one. So discipline is way more about not doing the wrong thing than it is doing the right thing. So if we invert it, if we ask ourselves, well, how do we become disciplined? 50%, if not 80% of the equation is learning how to resist impulses and to not do behaviors that you basically shouldn't succumb to. So instead of trying to be disciplined, try not to be undisciplined. It's way easier and it's much more simple to follow. So to do this, the first step is to become aware of and ignore impulses. So an impulse is basically a strong emotion that drives us and assent to us performing a specific behavior. Some impulses that most people have, ordering junk food, picking up your phone, clicking on the next YouTube video, opening email, starting an argument with your spouse, hundreds of more. Maybe the first thing you did when you clicked on this video was scroll down to look at the comments. Any sort of unconscious behavior that happens in part because of a weak or perhaps strong emotion is impulsive. Because the way your brain works is you've basically got a collection of neurons, right? And you've got, you've got mental paths. And what happens is every time you behave in a certain way, the pathway for that behavior is strengthened. Imagine a strand of string that gets thicker every time you pluck it. And by plucking it, I mean behaving on it. So if you have the strand for opening Instagram, every time you open Instagram, that gets stronger and stronger. But here's the thing, the line or the, the string can reduce in size. If every time you feel the impulse and you don't act on it, it actually gets smaller, it shrinks. And so this is habitual. It takes a long time, a lot of practice to do. Here's some of mine, checking my phone, checking sales channel and Slack, reading YouTube comments, right? The neural pathway for discipline is identical regardless of the impulse. So this is key to understand because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And how you approach one impulse is how you approach them all. Your brain is, it's a universal mechanism. Essentially what that means is that in order for you to become disciplined with your sleep and your exercise and your diet, you also have to be disciplined with your family life, with your health, with everything else, okay? It's not just you can be disciplined in one area and non-disciplined another, if you've got one leading impulse that constantly sucks you back in, you are an impulsive person. Now you have to understand that 70% of discipline and most of the hard work is actually done here. It's just resisting impulses. So a quick idea to help you manage your impulses with a bit more effectiveness is basically to gamify the idea. I've done this many times before. When I notice my impulse control starts to get out of control, ironically, I buy a whiteboard and a thin whiteboard marker. You have this whiteboard and you have this whiteboard marker and you put it on your desk. And every time you notice and ignore an impulse, I want you to put down a little tally. So you're going to put one or two or three or four or five. And every time you act on an impulse, you remove a tally. And at the end of the day, you have to try and beat yesterday. So this gamifies the idea of impulse control because most of impulse control is awareness and it's bringing it to your consciousness. Okay, there's a quote from Carl Jung, summarizes this pretty beautifully until you make the unconscious conscious it will rule your life and you will call it fate and what we're doing here is we're making the unconscious conscious so every time you have an impulse like you're at work right you're sitting down and then suddenly you're like i'm going to go and get a coke zero from the fridge i'm going to go and quickly check my emails anything that directs you away from what you're doing right now is, is a distraction and an impulse and if you put the tally then it's going to really help you because you'll be like, oh, and then you want to be yesterday. So step number two is to love pain. The thing about monk mode is it is just pure pain. You're going to basically suffer immeasurably for a long period of time. And so you need to rewire your relationship with suffering. Disciplined people love suffering that helps them achieve success. So whenever you talk to someone who's disciplined or someone who's successful, they will love the pain. They love the suffering. Self-inflicted, healthy, mental or physical pain, it needs to become a habit in your day-to-day. -day. So you might be asking me, well, Charlie, how do you fall in love with pain? Like that sounds like a weird thing to do. Well, it's familiarity because the brain tends to fall in love with whatever is familiar to it. And it tends to like whatever is familiar to it. It's kind of why we like our family. It's kind of why we like certain people in our lives. And so if your brain becomes familiar with pain, 
it starts to enjoy it. And now I look forward to cold showers. I look forward to long days of work. I look forward to all sorts of things, working out, bulking, cutting, whatever it is, because I've exposed myself to pain. Pain is a universal currency in the mind. Your brain can't differentiate between the pain of doing a cold shower and the pain of making 100 cold calls. It uses the same neural circuitry for both of those activities to understand what they mean. And so if you make pain a sort of habit, you'll start to enjoy it. Simply put, just do something every day you don't want to do but need to do. And the key here is to do it first thing in the morning. And I literally mean within like five to 50 minutes of waking up here, doing something hard immediately configures your brain to attack the day and carry momentum through with your work. So I like to do this, if, I, if ever I'm like in a sort of rut or a place where I'm not that good, as soon as I get out of bed, I'll do like a plank or take a cold shower or go for a run or do something really difficult, something I really don't wanna do. Sometimes I've even actually like woken up and then I go straight to my phone and I start making cold calls. Pick the most painful thing that you could think of right now and do it within the first couple of minutes of your day and you'll find that that massively improves your ability to stay disciplined throughout the rest of the day if you do the hardest thing right at the beginning there's a contrast set now where everything seems easy from there onwards the third sort of step or the third rule to monk mode is you have to fully send your commitment to discipline everywhere in life your brain cannot tell the difference between activities in your daily life it uses the same neural pathway and approach regardless of what you're doing so how you do one thing is basically how you're going to be doing everything if you have stellar discipline with the gym but you can't do outreach you're not a disciplined person write down i am fully committed to discipline and excellence in every area of my life because the only way for your brain to basically become disciplined is to look for it everywhere. What you're trying to do here is perform a complete psychological and neurological and biological overhaul of yourself. And the only way you can do this is basically by seeking excellence and seeking to have you know this monk-like discipline everywhere okay you want to polarize yourself to it and go to the extreme now this isn't healthy to do forever for a long time but it serves a great purpose of understanding your limits and more importantly actually being worthwhile and building something important so when you're looking to build discipline don't just try and clean your diet up and then clean your sleep up go all in everywhere all the time as hard as you can for as long as you can and you'll find that you're way more capable than you actually think so step four is to perform an elimination diet so the easiest way to get your mind in the right state is to get your body in the right state so your health and your body comes before your mindset if you want to have a great mind and you want to be able to train your mind to make millions of dollars and if you want your mindset to be sorted you kind of need to have your biology in order first and the number one rule to that is diet so it's near impossible to achieve or accomplish monk-like discipline when you're eating like if you're eating like a huge surplus of calories and loads of really bad foods foods and everything like that it won't work because we are organic material and the quality of that organic material is determined by the quality of the organic material we ingest it's simple so the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your food because the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your body and your, the quality of your body is determined by the quality of diet the problem with this is like i see people trying to fix their mind and trying to fix their mindset and their belief systems but they're eating like and your mind is like, it literally sits at the top of your body. And so if you're trying to work on your, your mind, that's like 5% of the equation. If you get your body straight, you're, you're, you're pretty much halfway there. So you are quite literally what you eat. If you're eating like you will basically feel like. So you wanna undertake an elimination diet. Now this is an extreme measure to cut out 99% of the in your diet. It will change your life, heal your gut, reduce inflammation, and give you the energy and focus you need to conjure up the will to develop discipline. Because the problem with this is like building discipline and building willpower and entering monk mode, it requires you to already be in a pretty good place or a pretty good state of mind. And the only way for you to get there is for your body to be in the right place. In case you're wondering, here's my daily diet. If you can't afford what I'm eating, you can just eat mints. I'm eating around a kilogram of ribeye, a kilogram of sweet potato, actually more than this now, um, a banana, blueberries, spinach, and almonds. And then I drink anywhere between four to six liters of water per day. This is my diet, and this has been my diet for the last, I think, two months now. Even though I'm eating like a surplus of calories by like 2,500, which is horrible, 
I can actually still focus and get some work done. If I was doing it dirty, there's no bloody way. This is essentially elimination diet. You want to remove everything from your diet except from simple carbs and meat and fish if you want to eat that. Just eat things that would have been readily available to our ancestors. That's sort of the, the secret here. So I avoid processed foods, I avoid seed oils, I avoid sugar, I avoid dairy. I avoid everything that like wouldn't have been available to a hunter-gatherer human hundreds of thousands of years ago. Because the human body has been around for a long, long time, but farming and produ the production of essentially artificial food has only been around for 10,000 years. Okay, and so the, the, the human body, which is basically ancient biologically, is not engineered to digest and break down the material that we're producing artificially through farming. And you might say that like farming is, we're not making artificial food, but it kind of is if you think about it, because you've essentially domesticated a plant and now you're farming it. So Anyway, this is what I eat. It's really simple. I don't really stray away from this. Yeah, I'll have cheap meals. I'll go to restaurants and stuff when I feel like it sometimes. But for the most part, this is what I eat every day. So sleep. I mean, I don't really need to tell you this, right? This is really simple. Go to bed and wake up at the same time every day. You can get fancy with blue light blockers, with mattress cooling systems, with like aircon, with music, like white noise and everything. There's all sorts of stuff you can do to biohack your sleep. But the, the true north that I look for with sleep is just going to bed and waking up at the same time every day. Not sitting in front of a screen, you know, for like three hours before bed. It's not that difficult to nail your sleep, but it's so imperative and it's so important because failure to get up and, you know, go to sleep at the same time will result in an inconsistent hormone and chemical imbalance, which basically completely decimates your chance for productive life. The reason that you want to go to bed and wake up at the same time is because what your body starts to do is it develops a predictable um, relationship between hormones, right? So melatonin and cortisol mainly. And so if your body knows that it's going to be waking up at a certain time every day and it starts falling into a routine and a pattern, it will spike your cortisol and your body temperature at specific times throughout the night so that you know when you wake up, you feel fresh and you feel ready and you can get straight into work. And the same thing, it produces melatonin and other sleepy chemicals that essentially make you feel sleepy and fall asleep at a, at a healthy time, right? And so if you're the kind of person that can't go to bed on time, how are you going to build a business? Because building a business is way harder than just shutting your eyes and turning your phone off. Think about that and chew on that for a second. Set a bedtime, set a wake time and stick to it. So the sixth thing is a goal. If you are not following steps one through five, there's not much point in you even having a goal. And I really mean this, there's no point in declaring what you want if you're not ready to do steps one through five. So if you're succumbing to impulses, avoiding pain, not seeing the full, not seeking or seeing full commitment to discipline, eating rubbish and sleeping rubbish, don't even bother trying to set goals. The kind of goals that really drive you are only visible once you clean your life up. So this is the thing, you, you have to understand that you haven't really met yourself yet. You might be thinking, Charlie, what the hell does that mean? Well, until you've cleaned your life up, until you've stopped drinking alcohol, stopped eating sugar, stopped taking drugs, stopped smoking drugs, whatever you do, until you've stopped playing video games and you know short-circuiting your dopaminergic systems and you know, constantly stimulating yourself everywhere, until you've cleaned up your diet, you've slept properly, you've built good relationships with people that mean something to you, until you've essentially optimized your biological conditions and your psychological conditions, you don't know who you are. You don't know what potential you have. And so the risk you run right now by setting goals without having a clean life and a clean mind and a clean body is you're going to set the wrong goal. You're going to set something that you don't really want. Because when you are a clean human, and what I mean by that is when you've basically got your stuff in order and when you've got your life together, you can start to see things differently and you can actually start to see what you truly want and then you're going to basically win. Because if you set a goal that is perfectly aligned to what you want, you're going to have no struggle working hard to achieve it. But the problem I see at the moment is people are so inflamed and unhealthy and tired and like 
stimulated and just like chaotic basically and when one of those people tries to set a goal is they don't set the right goal they set a goal that they think they want but really it's like they've got a virus inside of them and the virus is like controlling their mind and what i mean by the virus is it's this sort of dopaminergic system <laughs> and it's the emotions and so if you're if you're going to set a goal you want to set a rational logical dream achieving goal not just something like oh i'm 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 really tired so i want to get 10 grand a month right i know i'm not articulating that with the strongest level of accuracy um but it's quite a difficult psychological concept to explain but i'm hoping you understand once you've done steps one through five or 30 days revisit your goal you'll see it way clearer understand that goals are deep a goal represents the human conditions the unconscious desire to basically grow and flourish so you might think that you want to make 10 grand a month but what you really want is to actually see personal progress along a trajectory because that's how your brain and that's how your body measures anxiety okay and, and mental health essentially is that like the the brain actually has a mechanism based on serotonin and other chemicals to actively measure your progress towards a goal that means something to you and if it can see that progress and if it can see that tangible evidence that you're moving towards an outcome that is favorable desired or in some way shape or form orderly then it will feel pretty calm and you'll feel pretty good. I honestly believe that a lot of people's anxiety and depression and all these mental conditions would be cured if people just cleaned up their health and actually thought about what they wanted and started going after it. There's nothing more meaningful than progress and really, as human beings, we derive psychological value in accomplishment, okay? And more importantly, the journey, for lack of better words. So for example, with the depth of goals, your goal is at a surface level, maybe your goal is to make $10,000 a month, right? Maybe your goal is to get your first couple of clients. You want to make money. But really, the thing about this is, if you're actually honest with yourself, your goal isn't to make $10,000 a month. Your goal is to achieve the approval from your father. It's to get your ex back or to find love. It's to feel worthwhile. It's to never have to relinquish control to an autocratic figure. This was mine because I was bullied when I was a kid. And so I wanted to make 10 grand a month. But really, if I was being honest with myself, it was so that I wouldn't have to be putting myself in a position where I was ever going to be bullied again. So a goal is actually a way for us to escape pain, okay? Get attention from people to numb your self-hatredness. So, you know, the 10 grand a month thing or the, the, the goal you have financially, the thing you have to understand is that the unconscious brain, like the biological part, the real sort of lizard part of our mind that derives all of our behavior, doesn't un really understand what money is, right? All it understands is that it's a currency that can be used for, you know, social or psychological exchange. And what that means is that, you know, you're, you're, you might think you want 10 grand a month, but really you want what the 10 grand a month opens up for you, which maybe could be like your father actually for once in your life saying, hey, good work, son. Now I'm in a very fortunate position where I don't have to achieve that for my dad because he's always been wonderful and supporting. But a lot of people do struggle with that. And there's lots of instances where a lot of people are working not to make money, but to get female attention, or they're working to, you know, get back at people who said they wouldn't make it. There's all sorts of reasons, ugly ones that, you know, are en encapsulated and enshrouded by negative emotion. Doesn't mean they're a bad thing. It just means that you have to kind of be honest with yourself. So when you're entering monk mode, it's much more easy to see it through and to stay consistent with the pain and the suffering and the, you know, the discipline that you have to achieve if you know why you're working. Because just saying you want 10 grand a month usually doesn't give you a strong enough reason. But if you know you're wanting 10 grand a month so that you can, you know, essentially never have to be bullied again or achieve some sort of super strong emotional state, you're probably in a better place. Money represents a deep psychological drive. We are driven by emotion, not money. Money is the vehicle to satisfy a drive or base level emotion. Number seven is time management. So you want to plan your year. You want to plan your quarter. You want to plan your month, your week and your day. And if you're wondering what tool I use to manage my time, you can look at this wall map, okay? Not mine, this is Sam Evans who produced this. So shout out to Sam. But I've been using this in my business for the last 
essentially, I think, three or four years now. And I use this to plot all of my quarters, my years, my days, my goals, everything. So if we look at September, where I'm at at the moment, and essentially what you're doing is you're coming in here and you're putting in what you want to do for the day. You know, I'm here on the 18th, right? Record monk mode video. And that's what I'm looking to do for the day. And then at the end of the day, I'm going to be like, did I do this? Yes. Okay. I'll cross it off. And if I didn't do it, I'm like, oh shit, I should probably still do that again. So I move it to the next day. And so this is a really simple way to essentially visualize years, weeks, months, quarters, and days all in one place. You can play around with this and sort of make it your own. So this just basically brings a lot of chaos down. It brings a lot of order to chaos that obviously is coming as a result of building a business. And um, it's honestly the, the best, like the single best productivity tool that I have ever found. I don't use Notion. I don't use monday.com. I don't use any, I don't use anything except from this warm app. So that's how I manage my time. So Number eight is focus. In order for you to accomplish monk mode status, you need to be focused, okay? And that sounds pretty obvious, but well, what is focus? Well, focus is simply being able to work on one thing at a time. It's being able to sit down and record a 20-minute YouTube video with no phone on your desk, with no email open, with no distractions, with just a simple document here. If you want a perfect example of like focus, you only got to watch one of my YouTube videos because you'll notice whenever I'm recording videos, I'm just doing that one thing. I don't have a ton of tabs open. I don't have anything else going on. Whenever I do something or whenever you do something, what you want to learn to do is just do that thing. And this once again applies to everything in your life. If you're working out at the gym, just work out. When you're eating food, when you're watching a movie, when you're watching a series, when you're talking to a friend, when you're going to dinner, just do that. Teach your brain to single task everywhere. Because here's the thing, you cannot separate your personal behaviors and your work behaviors. Why? Because you use the same brain to carry them both out. It comes back to this universal idea of this the universal neural pathway idea. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Because your, your brain doesn't know the difference between showering and making a YouTube video. It's a task. So it's gonna, it's a binary state. It's gonna filter the task using the same behavior for each one of that makes sense. And so if I'm in the shower, but also on my phone, or if I can't like go for a walk without being on my phone, or if I can't, you know, be in a YouTube video without checking Slack halfway through, it's all the same, right? So you want to teach your brain to single task and stop multitasking. Stop having multiple tabs open at once. Stop having your phone around on your desk when you're trying to work. Because here's the thing, like when I'm doing something and when I'm working on something, I want to just be working on that thing because that's how you produce the highest quality, best possible work is when like all 80 billion or 80 trillion, however many neurons we have in our in, our, in between our ears. If you put every single neuron into that one task, you're far more likely to make it good and successful. And building a successful company is not about doing as much as you can, as, as fast and as far as you can. It's about finding the small amount of things that really move the needle and doing them really well. And for me in my business, that has basically been making good YouTube videos, building great products and building a great team. There's obviously lots more stuff I do in the business to make sure it runs successfully, but you should be able to isolate a couple of key things. And so when you're doing those key things, you want to dedicate every single ounce of brain power and will you have to doing them because that's how you make the best work. And the last one is notifications. If you have your notifications on, you're probably poor. One of the most common denominators I have found with friends of mine who are successful, and I mean way more successful than me, multi-eight figures, nine figures, even a couple of billionaires that I know through people. I don't know them on a first name basis, unfortunately, that'd be cool. They're all on radio silence. Now they have notifications on for things they need to have on, but what they don't have is their email in their pocket, and Instagram in their pocket, and Facebook in their pocket, and Snapchat in their pocket, and TikTok in their pocket, and Twitter in their pocket. Like They don't have these things blasting at them because these people, these wealthy people, understand that their time and their energy and their focus are the most important assets they have, and they're not going to waste those things by you know having these shiny objects that 
are basically designed to distract them. So turn off everything. And you might be like, well, what if someone needs me? Well, so what? <laughs> like, this is how you have to start realizing these things because if you're not willing to sacrifice some of your social connections and some of your relationships, your business will become a sacrifice. And I'm not saying that you want to start, you know, neglecting people and neglecting relationships and getting rid of family members and girlfriends and boyfriends and friends. I'm not telling you to do that at all. I'm just telling you that if you're not willing to make them wait till later to check out what they've said, you're probably not going to become successful. Because look, do a little audit of yourself right now. Do you have notifications on? How many distractions have presented themselves since you started watching this video? How many times have you had to actually exercise willpower and use the finite small level of discipline you already have to just reject some random notifications? Those are the nine steps to building discipline. If you need help getting more clients, there is a link in the description you can click. It's me trying to sell you something, okay? Full transparency, it's a funnel. It's a video of me explaining how our program works, how we can help you get more clients. I don't care if you click it or not, but I'm just making you aware that it is there. But I'm also making you aware that if you do click it, be prepared to be sold. So if you don't like me, then you might not want to click it, all right? Thanks for watching, and I will see you in the next video.